America is at DEFCON 3 as conspiracy theories have broken into the mainstream. Meanwhile, across the pond, Putin has been declared Russia's chief exorcist, as the Russian Orthodox Church warns that Satanists have seized control of Ukraine. Meanwhile, Putin and Zelensky trade accusations of plans to detonate a dirty bomb. All this and more in today's Spectral Skull Session. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Spectral Skull Session, tales from the twilight world of myth, mystery, and imagination. The idea behind this podcast is that we explore claims about the occult, supernatural, and paranormal from an analytical standpoint. We're open to the existence of a world beyond the five senses, and we dismiss that dogmatic skepticism that insists that any story about the unexplained has to reduce to hallucinations or swamp gas. But we're not committed to any particular theory or philosophy about what the paranormal is, and we realize that, whatever is out there, the answer is likely to be more complicated than any existing model or theory. What we bring to the table is small s skepticism, a skepticism that we throw as much on the mainstream accounts as we do on the supernatural story. Okay, let's get started. From the hills of Missouri and the great American Midwest, good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world, this is the Spectral Skull Session, and I am your host, Dane. As we warned you in the promo today, America is at DEFCON 3. That's right, I said it, DEFCON 3. It's not a dog whistle, I'm making fun of him. As conspiracy theories have become mainstream, everyone from Kanye West to Hillary Clinton complaining about outright conspiracies. Kanye West, of course, complaining that he is being controlled by the Jewish media, a statement he would not walk back even after appearing for an entire hour on the Lex Friedman podcast. Lex Friedman, who is himself a Russian-American and also Jewish, good of him to have a long conversation with Kanye and give him a chance to explain that he has no hate in his heart, but he's also completely incapable of being coherent. And so uh, I listened to an hour that still had no idea what exactly Kanye thinks. Uh, Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton, former Secretary of State and presidential candidate, warns that there is a right-wing conspiracy. That's right, she said those exact words, right-wing conspiracy, to control the 2024 election, blaming a right-wing Supreme Court. And I mention all of this just to illustrate that I think America is becoming a deeply paranoid place. Michael Shermer, arch-skeptic, appeared on the Joe Rogan podcast recently to talk about his book on, what would you expect, but yes, conspiracies. So he said, you know what? We can't completely discount conspiracies because they do happen. But the larger the conspiracy, the less likely it's true. I actually did not find Michael Shermer's appearance on the Joe Rogan podcast to be at all edifying. I would like to turn for a moment to uh, a man named Ken Thomas. And he worked at the Thomas Jefferson Library at the University of Missouri-St. Louis when I was there as a grad student. He was, you know, as I said, the archivist for the library, or one of the archivists for the Mark Twain branch of the library. He did historical work, but um, he had a side interest in the Kennedy assassination and the cornucopia of conspiracy theories and some of the zanier ones in particular that grew out of the assassination. I went to some of his presentations that he gave. And he talked about an idea sort of uh, that held together his investigation of the Kennedy assassination 
was this idea. He called it parapolitics. The idea behind parapolitics was that there's mainstream politics. Those are the the way events unfold, the theories that historians use to explain why things happen, you know, from the great man hypothesis that history is driven by powerful, influential people, from Caesar to Joseph Stalin to the Marxist theory of history, which explains political events in terms of class struggle. And then there's another category of historical theory he calls parapolitics, which are the conspiratorial accounts. Kennedy was assassinated by aliens or the mob or by a syndicate of powerful Americans who were worried that he would reveal that the mob was working with aliens. Mr. Thomas used to warn his audience that he felt that these parapolitical theories of history were important in and of themselves, but that they should not replace mainstream historical accounts. They were merely complementary. And you know, in a minimum sense, they're at least interesting because they tell you about the state of mind that other people are in in a particular historical epoch. And so that is really my view of the conspiracy theory today. Conspiracies do happen. It, they're often very hard to find out when they do happen. And even when they're in effect, they probably don't completely override other political phenomena, right? So there's still, you can have the most secret conspiracy in the world, but if you're a bunch of jerks with no political clout, you may not be able to get anywhere. Or your very clever plot may turn out to be irrelevant in the face of strong social, economic, or even, why not, geographic forces, volcanoes and earthquakes, right? And put an end to your plans. But the parapolitical is always, if nothing else, a way for us to see into the minds of the people who believe in these conspiracies. So with that said, um, let's take a moment to examine a world where the parapolitical has broken through to the mainstream, crossing the veil, and come to dominate the way people think, and that is Russia. Important because we are having a war with Russia. Well, over in Russia just this week, Russian President Vladimir Putin was declared to be the chief exorcist by the head of his country's Orthodox Church, even as the Kremlin seeks to redefine the goals of their invasion of Ukraine. Putin used the term denazification and the original justification for the invasion back in February 24th. But now his security council is shifting to the phrase de-Satanization. According to TASS, that's a Russian news service, the head of Putin's security council said he doesn't know how many covens of Satanists there are in Ukraine, but he expects it to be in the hundreds, saying, quote, some of them were created having been sharpened in advance for a specific purpose. Others simply exist as branches of richer patrons and in the form of a kind of closed joint stock company with a couple of hundred small town adepts. What does that even mean? It sounds like he's describing some kind of uh, like Mary Kay uh, pyramid scheme type hierarchy to the Satan, to the Church of Satan inside Ukraine. Now, this is the first I've heard of this. Uh, Pavlov also highlighted the fact that the Church of Satan is officially recognized religion in the United States. He says it's been spreading in Ukraine since the 1990s. Now, uh, claims of Ukrainian and Western Satanism are very much part of the way they talk about politics in Russia. When Putin announced the annexation of territory in East Ukraine this fall, he accused the West of, quote, outright Satanism, end quote. 
Various Russian news organizations have run stories on witches' covens and black magic and evidence of occult rituals being uncovered by Russian soldiers in Ukraine. And taking things in a fascinating multicultural dimension, Ramzan Kadyrov, he's a Chechen warlord whose 14 and 15-year-old sons are fighting alongside him in Ukraine. He made a telegram post just Monday saying that the war is a fight against Satanism. And he called for Muslims and Christians to unite, push back the West, and Satan. I'm glad something can bring Muslims and Orthodox Christians together. So now Russia sees themselves, or a good number of the Russian people see themselves as engaged in a war against Satanism in Ukraine. And what's happening here is it's just um, Russia's getting ready for Halloween. I think it's a little bit more of a long-term phenomena. Previous reporting by TASS suggests that the Russian population is very interested in the paranormal. 2014 article said that members of the Russian legislature, quote, adamant to protect the country's population and media space from negative influences of astrologers, fortune tellers, magicians, spiritualists, and psychics, end quote. It described legislators expressing concern. The Russian population is too preoccupied with the paranormal and has a tendency to fall prey to financial schemes and scams connected with so-called fortune tellers. One Russian expert, chief of the Center for Legal and Psychological Assistance in Extreme Situations, Mikhail Vinogradov, he said, quote, people are superstitious by nature, and Russia, to my mind, is a country of the most superstitious people in the world, end quote. Interestingly, he is also co-host of a popular Russian TV show called Battle of Psychics. So it sounds like Russia is really into alternative spirituality and the paranormal. That is consistent with my experience I had when I was in Georgia, which is not Russia. It is an independent country. But um, I met a lot of Russian uh, expats who were in Georgia because they were trying to get away from Russia. And I was surprised at the number of them who were into the occult. Seances, witchcraft. I tried to get some of these people to come on my show for an interview, but they said niet. If you're Russian and you listen to the show and you can shed any insight into uh, the Russian population's interest in, in the paranormal, the occult, witchcraft, and uh, the rise of Satanism, then uh, please contact me. Uh, send an email to the show, spectralskull at protonmail.com. Love to hear from you. Now, the biggest conspiracy theory in the news right now, allegations of an imminent false flag dirty bomb attack being trade by Russian and Ukrainian leadership. On October 23rd, Russian Defense Minister Sergei Soigu telephoned U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin to warn that Ukraine is planning on detonating a dirty bomb and then blaming it on Russia. A so-called dirty bomb uses conventional explosives laced with radioactive material. Since that conversation, Sergei Shoigu has gone on a communications blitz, telephoning leaders around the world to warn them that Ukraine is about to detonate a dirty bomb. Russian leadership has even gone so far as to present a letter about the dirty bomb to the UN. They presented that alongside a 310-page document about Ukrainian bioweapons, delivered it to the UN Security Council. Details of the letter and document are not being revealed, but Reuters is saying, the IAEA is actually acting on Russia's allegations and investigating two sites, two sites inside of Ukraine. Ukraine, meanwhile, says it's Russia that's planning on planting the dirty bomb 
and blaming it on them. So both sides are saying the other side plans to plant a bomb and blame them. The Guardian has the only good article I could find on Russia's allegations about that dirty bomb, saying that the letter Russia delivered to the UN Security Council doesn't give many specifics, but lists possible sources of radioactive isotopes, saying that Ukraine uh, has access to uranium because they have uranium mines. But the Guardian says that it's not easy to make a dirty bomb with uranium ore because it's just rock. Most of it's not radioactive. Allegedly, the letter lists some other possible ways Ukraine could get the ingredients for a dirty bomb, such as the Chernobyl site. But the Guardian article says that the Chernobyl site has been shut down for many years, so they couldn't get anything. Fuel rods at Chernobyl, if they're still there, any material that's still at Chernobyl has gone cold at this point. It's no longer significantly radioactive or not radioactive enough that it would be good for a bomb. So the Guardian didn't go into detail. What about those nuclear reactors they have? They have three nuclear reactors that aren't under Russian control. Now, they lost one of their nuclear reactors to Russia. And so I don't know. Uh, why couldn't they use some of the spent fuel rods at one of their nuclear reactor plants? The Guardian article did not say. And so maybe it's not that great of an article. Maybe this is a case of um, Western media not really doing all the work they need to, because this article mostly poo-poos on the idea that Ukraine could even assemble a dirty bomb. And I just don't know. It certainly seems like with three nuclear reactors, you'd be able to do it. Voldemort Zelensky made a statement who said, Everyone who understands anything well knows that Russia is the source of everything dirty in this war. Ha ha ha, very clever. But I remember when Russia complained that the Ukrainians had blown up a bomb in Moscow as a terrorist act, an attempt to kill one of their philosophers and had only killed his daughter. And Ukraine made a statement that, no, that's the kind of thing Russia does. Only Russia are terrorists. New York Times reported in October, though, that in fact, Ukrainian intelligence is believed to have carried out that attack. They said that American intelligence actually went to them and said, you shouldn't be doing this. We don't want you to carry out terrorist operations inside Russia. Obviously, Western media is in agreement with the Ukrainians saying that if any dirty bombs go off in that region, that it's going to be Russia that's behind it. I don't know. If you're too prejudicial, wouldn't you give the Ukrainians the perfect cover to do such a thing and thereby draw the United States into the war and guarantee that you would win it? I would be a little bit careful about this. We could all be dead soon if a dirty bomb goes off because it's going to become the pretext for further military escalation. So that's one thing. It's a very serious situation. Now, if anybody out there is a fortune teller or does work with tarot cards, if you're doing tarot readings for people right now and, um, you know, you're getting the death card, just every time you do a reading, you're like, death, death, death. Maybe that's a sign that we're all going to die. So send me an email. We'd love to know about that before it happens. Spectral skull at protonmail.com. I would appreciate it, especially if you're one of these Russian astrologers. You realize that we're all about to die. You might wonder, why didn't the Putin regime contact you before they launched this war? Well, they were too busy suppressing astrology instead of listening to it. Maybe that's why. But look, the real reason, look, this is a conspiracy theory. We have a situation of extreme paranoia. Paranoia is built into the news cycle, right? Because they're telling us that if that dirty bomb goes off, it will have been a Russian plot, right? So they're telling us ahead of time 
You know it's a conspiracy. You know no matter what the Russians say, no matter what evidence might come, it will have been a Russian plot. And the reason why I just want to flag that is because I'm pointing out there could be some really crazy people in Ukraine who want to take advantage of that. Right? If you throw due pro anytime you throw out due process and you become prejudicial, you make yourself vulnerable to bad actors. Because, I mean, if we're going to have a nuclear war with Russia because they dirty bombed Ukraine, couldn't we wait like two or three weeks? Can we be like, okay, we can give it a couple weeks and have the IAEA go to the site, right? Or we're going to collect some data, have a debate at the UN. Can't, like, is it going to matter if we die three weeks later rather than right the moment it happens? Which, again, it almost makes me paranoid that, that they've decided ahead of time no matter who detonates the dirty bomb, they're just going to blame it on Russia and use it as a pretext to get involved in the war. It has me extremely nervous about things, and it's not the first conspiracy theory to be alleged recently. Elon Musk made some tweets about possibly ending the war, was immediately attacked, complained that, well, these are bots, right? He said he was being attacked by bots, not by people, which is a kind of conspiracy theory allegation that somebody's put together a bot swarm. Then Ian Bremmer, not the Ian Bremmer you know from the war in Iraq. This is a different one, apparently. He's a political scientist and he runs a popular newsletter. Ian Bremmer said that he'd had some sort of secret conversation with Elon Musk where Musk told him he'd been having conversations with Putin. Musk denied it, tweeting, no one should trust Ian Bremmer. But immediately, American media began running stories that Elon Musk was secretly in cahoots with Putin. So there you have conspiracy mentality spilling over into domestic politics, because shortly after that, there were articles running about the United States investigating whether Musk's purchase of Twitter was a security risk to the United States. The paranoid mindset that we used to associate with people who believe that 9-11 uh, was an inside job or that Kennedy was assassinated by aliens... That is now very much mainstream and widespread inside the United States, just like it's widespread in Russia. In Russia, they're afraid of Satanism. In the United States, we're afraid of Russia. It's impossible not to be affected by this. Even I increasingly find myself looking at the news and saying, like, well, is this some kind of psyop, right? Is this real or is this a psychological operation being carried out by U.S. intelligence or, you know, for some reason to control the population? You start to get paranoid. It's really in all of us. So we all need to take a step back. Just because we're in this situation, you might want to think about how can I stay more grounded than normal? You know, get outside more than you used to. Do what you have to do to realize that one of the ways in which human beings start to break is they lose contact with reality and project negative intentions onto people and systems. That's, that's the way we go. It's one of the ways we start to go, is paranoia. Because if we become paranoid as a society, it may very well be the end of us all. I am not, I am a, medical not a medical doctor. doctor. This, this is, is not, not medical, medical advice. advice. And keep on the lookout, everyone, because uh, ODNI, the United States Office of the Directorate of National Intelligence, they are legally responsible for releasing a new update on the UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, situation inside the United States. Uh, I thought it was due October 22nd, actually. Uh, I've been told that there's often some wiggle room that even though legally they might have been October 22nd is the due date, they can put it out a couple days later. Uh, people are saying they're expecting it to come out Friday. That would be tomorrow. 
as of the time I'm recording this. And so uh, I'm going to do another episode as soon as that comes out and update you about that. Until then, try not to be too paranoid. Stay strange, but stay sane.